Good afternoon to all my friends out in the world of social media and specifically Facebook. Nice to see you today. Very warm Thursday afternoon here in uh, Northeast Texas. It is uh, not quite as uh, seasonably hot as we might expect, but still pretty warm uh, in the 90s today. And I hope that wherever you are, you are feeling the comfort and presence of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's been a blessing to be with you. Looking forward to uh, these lessons through the armor of God, the passage, great passage in Ephesians 6, verses 10 through 20. Talk to us about that panoply of God, the full armor of God, calling us to take on that armor, that full armor, and to be able, as the song taken from Ephesians 6 says, to be faithful soldiers of Christ and arise. Blessing to see so many already starting up and saying hello, so hello to you all. I uh, appreciate so much the kind support and encouragement that I receive, and I hope that these lessons are a blessing to you as well. Uh, this, this week, we are looking at the piece of armor called the shield of faith. Ephesians 6 verse 16 says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Satan is constantly trying to destroy our faith, steal our joy, and cause us to turn our back on our Savior. Uh, and to do that, he shoots these fiery flaming arrows at us. We talked on Tuesday. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that lesson, I hope that you will. But we spoke a lot on Tuesday about those fiery arrows that Satan shoots at us in a very real way to try to take us down and to destroy our faith. And so we uh, introduced the uh, picture of the Roman soldier last week or last Tuesday speaking specifically about that shield of faith and how it wasn't quite like the, the shields that we might think of looking at modern day uh, sword fights on TV or something, but rather that shield that the Roman soldier had on was almost the, a full body length shield. And it was absolutely essential uh, as a part of and set them on fire and then shoot them at their enemies. And so that's why it's so important for that shield of faith. And that's what uh, Paul talks about when he says uh, that these arrows that the evil one shoots at us are flaming arrows. And uh, as we said on Tuesday, the Roman soldier would uh, uh, dip his out outer part of his shield and have it wet so that it would be able to extinguish the fire in those arrows. If not, then his shield would just uh, basically catch fire and burn and, and he would be unprotected. Last are back on on God and he's very good at what he does unfortunately and so those flaming arrows have great power and great sway over us because he knows exactly where our weakest points are and that's where he fires at um, and and we looked at a passage in James chapter 1 
that kind of gave us a bit of a diagram of how this all works. God doesn't tempt us. God doesn't want us to turn away from him. Uh, he does allow us to be tested and tempted, and he won't uh, get in the way of that all the time. We're going to talk about a wonderful promise in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 in just a moment. But when those, uh, when those fiery arrows come, we realize that they are very strong and very powerful. Satan knows how to hit us, and he knows what we like, and he knows where we're most vulnerable, and that's where he attacks. Um, and so James talks about it in James chapter 1. He says each of us, uh, it's not God that's doing it, it's Satan. And each of us, when our evil desire, our lust, uh, gets away from us, then um, it leads to sin, and sin, when it is fully developed and and uh, finished, it leads to death. Paul said in Romans 6, verse 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Level one is the first part, and the shield of faith is what we're covering second this week. Uh, that shield of faith protects us from those temptations and that the fiery arrows that Satan shoots at us where we're the most vulnerable. One of the passages we mentioned was from uh, 1 John chapter 2 that, that John says, don't love the world or anything in the world. Don't, don't uh, give your life over to that lust and that evil desire of the flesh, the lust of the eye and the pride of life. Uh, a very succinct summary of the, the kinds of temptations, not a complete list, but a summary list, the kinds of temptations in a general way that we face, <clears throat> the kinds of fiery arrows that Satan shoots at us, uh, the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Those things are, are very real and, and they are just like Adam and Eve in the garden. They look good. That fruit looks good and that desire to be happy and desire to be fulfilled and desire to bring that along ourselves and not trust God to do it. Sometimes that, that looks really good and it gets away from us. And that leads to sin and sin ultimately uh, leads to death. And that's why Jesus came and lived and died because he knows that um, those fiery arrows many times hit their mark. And so we are able to be forgiven through Jesus Christ, but not just forgiven as our, our theme verse in our West Irwin Church of Christ summer series on Wednesday night says in Romans 8, uh, at the end of that chapter, that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that's, that's, that's what this means, is that not only can we be uh, alive and safe, we are actually conquerors and even more than conquerors through him who loved us. And then we looked at this passage in Ephesians chapter 4 that is so very real and so very accurate in describing the nature of temptation and how it gets away from us. And we see it in, our, uh, in ourselves and we see it in, in those that we love around us. Uh, and we see it in uh, nations as they turn away from God and, and people in power uh, go down this line. And, um, and that's true of all countries and that's true of all parties and persuasions because they're all human. They're all human. 
And so, again, before we get to the next passage, which answers this one, let's read that, that diagram of how temptation and sin work. In Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, beginning at verse 17, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their things. life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. What a horrible description. The hard hearts ultimately lead to uh, futile thinking and ignorance over what's right or wrong. And we remember Pilate in that interaction with Jesus in John 19, when Jesus says, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to me. And Pilate, being the politician that he was, uh, I can see him just raising his hands and and uh, looking at Jesus and saying, what, what is truth? What is truth? Well, he had gone down this path. His thinking was futile. His understanding uh, was darkened. Um, and his heart was hard. And then verse 19 continues that pattern. Having lost all sensitivity, as Jeremiah said, they have even lost the ability to blush. They have no shame for their sins. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. Uh, the materialism, the desire for things, that to find fulfillment and happiness and joy in the things of this world, and again, the lust of the flesh, that sensuality, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. Uh, those things look very good to us and from our carnal, physical nature. And that's why Jesus came and lived and died, because he knows that those fiery arrows, when Satan uh, fires them, they um, sometimes find their mark. But that's not the last of that passage. Just like in Ephesians 6, verse 16, that it talks about those flaming arrows of the evil one. It says they can be extinguished, but only if we take up the shield of faith. And Paul alludes to that in the verses that follow here in Ephesians 4, right after that passage, beginning in verse 20. Ephesians 4. And we're taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. All those lies that Satan tells us uh, as he shoots those fiery arrows at us, they, they are lies and they can't abide by the truth. And remember, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, John 14, verse 6. Uh, this is how we were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Ephesians 4.22 You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. That's what he had talked about in verses 17 through 19. Verse 23 To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Just as Jesus told Nicodemus this exact thing, Nicodemus, you've got to be born again of water and spirits. You've got to be baptized, Nicodemus, for repentance, just as John the Baptist said, just as I and my disciples are saying. Jesus could have told him and possibly did in John 3 in that interaction. 
we hear about that uh, renewal, that response, that um, uh, considering the, the wonderful rebirth and regeneration that Jesus spoke of there in that passage in John 3, and that uh, we, we read again by Paul in Titus chapter 3, the, re, the washing of rebirth and renewal through the Holy Spirit, an allusion, I think, to Christian baptism and that start of this new life. That's what Paul alludes to here in Ephesians 4. He says, look, we all used to live the way the Gentiles do in that darkened understanding and futile thinking and, and sensuality, all of that. That's how we used to live. But he says we don't live that way anymore. That's not what we've been taught in this new creation, in this new life, this new self. Thankfully, that's not the end of the story, Ephesians 4, verses 17 through 19. We have the rest in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 and following, where he talks about this new life in Christ. And that is how faith acts as a shield to protect us against Satan's attacks, uh, to extinguish those fiery darts and fiery arrows of the evil one. We trust ultimately in Jesus Christ. We trust ultimately in our God. And so we don't see things and do things the way our old self did. If anyone is in Christ, that person is a new creation, a new creature. Uh, Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 5. And we're reminded again of that rebirth and renewal. Uh, what Paul said in Romans chapter 6 uh, being buried with Christ through baptism into death, we are raised to live a new life. Not perfect, not sinless. Uh, again, we, we realize that's not the, the truth, and John tells us in 1 John 1 that if we, if we say that we're not sinners, then we're lying and we're calling God a liar. But instead, we walk in the light, trusting in Jesus Christ, holding up, taking on, getting behind that shield of faith. That's what Paul speaks of here in Ephesians chapter 4. That's what he speaks of in Ephesians chapter 6 in the armor of God, calling on us to take up the shield of faith and be able to extinguish the fiery arrows of the evil one. Such an important passage is that verse I alluded to earlier, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. One of the first verses I memorized, and I hope you have it marked in your Bible or maybe even better memorized in your heart and in your mind. Uh, there is no temptation overtaking you, but such as is common to humanity. In other words, don't think God is picking on you or Satan is picking on you. He shoots those fiery arrows at everybody. Uh, and granted, we probably go through some times in our lives when we feel like Brother Job and we feel like we are right in his sights. Um, but such as is common to humanity. Again, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And then the next part of that verse, but God is faithful. God is faithful. And so he will not allow you to be tempted with more than you can bear. And I, I have to admit, God and I sometimes have a little discussion about just exactly how strong Bill's faith is and how much Bill can take. I sometimes look to God and I think, God, you're a little overly optimistic about how much I can handle, but I'm going to 
trust in your promise. I'm going to rest in that promise in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that you will not allow me to be tempted with more than I am able to handle. Uh, but that verse continues on, but he will give us that way out, that way of escape, so that we may be able to stand firm in our faith. Um, perfect verse. It's a wonderful verse. Follows on the heels of that great verse. Let the one who thinks that they stand be careful that you don't fall. Uh, and then he says, you want to know how to how to stand? And again, that's that's very similar to what he says in Ephesians 6, that several times in that passage, he calls on us to stand in our faith and that with the full armor, the panoply of God, uh, after everything has been said and done, we will be able to stand. We'll be able to stand firm. Um, and in the same, same way, if we rest in God's promise, if we trust in the faithfulness of God, that he will not allow us to be tempted with more than we're able to bear, he will not let Satan shoot fiery arrows at us that our shield of faith uh, cannot extinguish. But the key is we must have that shield of faith in place. We must trust our Lord, knowing that God is faithful. He will not allow us to be tempted with more than we can bear. It's that great passage in 1 John chapter 5 where John talks about what overcomes, what gives us the victory. This is the victory, he says, that overcomes the world, even our faith. 1 John 5, 1 through 5, and we sing a great hymn about that. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And that is still very much true, just as it was in the first century when the apostle whom Jesus loved, the apostle John, wrote that uh, to those who received that letter we call 1 John. Uh, such a critical thing that without that shield of faith, we will not be victorious. We will not be overcomers. We will not be conquerors. But with and conquer. As we think about this great line, the shield of faith, I want us to think about a more contemporary song that we might sing sometimes. And it's taken right out of the, the scriptures. And one of the places is in Psalms 3. Psalm 3, uh, these words beginning at verse 1 of Psalm 3. The psalmist obviously feeling the heat of Satan's fiery darts, fiery arrows. Uh, according to the heading, a psalm of David when he was fleeing from his son Absalom, who was trying to kill his own father to take over the kingdom. Psalm 3, verse 1. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. Verse 3 of Psalm 3. But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord, and he answers me from his holy mountain. Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. That great song says, and it's such a beautiful, haunting song, but it reminds us of this verse. It reminds us that no matter how many foes there are around us, David was feeling that, it reminds us that no matter how dangerous and how many are those fiery flaming arrows that Satan is shooting at us, um, we still have the Lord as a shield about us. Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me, uh, my refuge, the lifter of my head. 
Uh, what a great, great song. What a great, great passage. And again, it reminds us of these words in Ephesians 6, verse 16. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the fiery arrows of the evil one. We use that shield of faith because we know that we can trust God. Just as 1 Corinthians 10, 13 said, God is faithful and he will not allow us to be tempted with more than we can bear. But along with the temptation, he will always provide a way out, a way of escape, so that we can stand firm and not fall under it. We use the shield of faith because we know that we can trust God. Satan's goal is to destroy us by attacking us at this most basic level. Faith, our trust in our God. The shield of faith extinguishes these flaming arrows of the evil one. Uh, Bob Hendren, in his great little book on Ephesians called Chosen for Riches, says this, not the Roman soldier's short shield, but his great long body shield, is what Paul refers to here. It means protection from tip to toe by reliance on God. Faith is trust in the competence of God. We can depend on God. And that is so true. Sometimes coming and, and seemingly hitting their mark sometimes. And yet we have that wonderful blood of Jesus Christ that John says in 1 John 1, 7, continually cleanses and purifies us from all of our sin. We can trust God. God can be trusted. He's got this. And we think of that great chapter in Hebrews 11, the honor roll of faith, but it begins with that definition of faith, that definition, as Paul says in, in um, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, he says, look, faith, we live by faith, not by sight. Faith is not sight. They're not the same. And so we have to trust. Uh, and that means that it sometimes is hard. Um, and, and that's when faith is really faith, when you just don't see what's going on and you just don't get what God is up to. That is when faith is really faith. Do we really trust God enough to hang in there and keep holding up that shield of faith, even though it seems like those fiery arrows are, are having their way? Um, that verse in Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith is it, it is impossible to please God because the person who believes, who is going to be acceptable to God, must believe two things, that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. In other words, that he keeps his promises, including 1 Corinthians 10, 13, that he will not let us be tempted with more than we're able to handle, but will always provide the way out. And Ephesians 6, verse 16, that even though Satan fires those fiery flaming arrows at us, with the shield of faith, we will overcome. We will be victorious. We will be conquerors. Um, when we trust God enough to obey him, we are saying to him, I do believe your way is the best way for me. And that's when we get off of that path of darkened understanding and futile thinking and um, uh, a life of sensuality that ultimately leads to death. Uh, instead, we are telling God, I believe your word. I trust your word. I trust you, God. 
We think of that great old hymn, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. That's when the flaming arrows of the evil one are no match for our shield of faith. Satan's fiery shots are extinguished and fall harmlessly to the ground. And just like at the cross, Satan is defeated all over again. Why? Because of the power of the Savior. The righteous person will live by faith and they'll hold up that shield of faith so that those fiery arrows of the adversary, the devil, Satan, will be extinguished. Uh, faithful, righteous people believe God can be trusted. They believe that he can be depended on and they obey his word. It is that way today. It has always been that way. The writer of Hebrews alludes to that at the end of chapter 10. He says, look, we're not like those who shrink back and are destroyed, who lose faith, but we're like those who continue to have that faith even in Uh, that says, my righteous one will live by faith. Written in the darkest time in Israel's history when the southern kingdom of Judah and its capital, Jerusalem, were being threatened and ultimately overwhelmed, taken over by the Babylonians. But first, Habakkuk called out to God because of the sin of his own people. And that's when God told him, well, I'm going to bring the Babylonians, that pagan, ruthless, proud, arrogant, selfish people to come in and discipline my people. And Habakkuk says, whoa, 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 wait, 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 that, you can't do that. You can't use a less righteous nation to punish a more righteous nation. That's exactly what Habakkuk says in chapter one. And he's got a great point. And that's when God makes that great statement that Paul will use uh, in Romans and also in Galatians and that the writer of Hebrews uses at the end of Hebrews 10. That's when God says, well, Habakkuk, you're just never going to completely understand this. And that's flaming arrows of the evil one. May God bless you as you take up 